welcome back to the You're Hired podcast brought to you by the Bastion Family Center for Career Success. My name is Marina and I'm going to be your host for today's episode. Next to me is Anoki. Hello, my name is Anoki and today's episode will be featuring Jessica Drew who is a Knox College alum who graduated in 2007 and is currently the manager of recruitment and culture at the Shed Aquarium in Chicago. Welcome, Jessica. We are so glad to have you today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. Can you tell me more about a typical day at work for you? Sure. The great thing about my job is that it's never the same. There's always something new and interesting going on. The, the bulk of my time is really spent talking to candidates and interviewing them, scheduling, working on offers to candidates, uh, compensation, and making sure that our benefits are outlined clearly, and that candidates really know how the Shed Aquarium can really benefit them and their career. Mm. So would you say your specialize is more in recruitment? Yeah. My background's in uh, HR generalist, so I've done I've done it all uh, in in human resources, from payroll to benefits, the whole shebang. Um, but I really like recruiting, so that's why this position interested in me. Right, and we know that you were a theater major when you were at Knox, so I was wondering how you made the transition to HR. Were you always interested in HR? Was it something that you knew you wanted to do? Was it a path that got carved unexpectedly? It, it's interesting because my, my path to theater was a little windy and then my path to HR was also a little windy as well. When I graduated with my master's, I thought I wanted to become a teacher and I didn't really have any success trying to kind of move down that path. So to give myself some time to think about what kind of life I wanted, I really thought about what kind of job would make me happy, what kind of tasks I really liked to do, and then what kind of industry I'd like to be in. Um, and I've always been drawn to nonprofit work and mission-based work. So one of the things that uh, I explored when I was at Northwestern as an administrative assistant, basically, was the talent acquisition and recruiting side. I was able to, to kind of do a stretch assignment to kind of see if it would be a good fit. I did take some classes at Northwestern in HR so I could get my certification. I'm a SHRM certified professional, which has really helped me in my career. So it's about being thoughtful about what kind of life you want to live and kind of who you want to be and who you want to be around the majority of your working day. Yeah, and it's, it's great that you brought up a very important point of being reflective of oneself, especially when you already have experience early on in, in your education and you figure out that you really want to do something and you kept at it. So that is one of the advice I think that, that students should take early on. You know, that recruiting is not just hiring people and um, laying them off, right? It's, it's not that simple. So can you tell me more about that? And and I guess my true question is, um, how are the skills or the things that you learned being a theater major? What part of, of those are transferable? Absolutely. So I think my skills that I learned in theater really centered around people, understanding people, being able to communicate effectively, being able to kind of work with what I had uh, and kind of create something beautiful out of nothing. 
So um, those skills are really something that I that I still use to this day in my job. You know, being able to talk coherently and professionally about positions, about the institution, about opportunities and things like that. I think that's really important. In terms of the, the HR field kind of in general, there are a million different things that you can do in HR. Um, lots of different kinds of roles within human resources. And what I initially started out as was, was kind of an HR associate. Uh, I was at the Lyric Opera of Chicago, and it was kind of like a junior HR generalist. So I focused on one or two aspects of HR. So in that role, it was talent acquisition and operations. So a lot of employee data, what happens when people join the Lyric Opera, how do we move their information from one place to another, things like that. And then I moved on to uh, a smaller nonprofit to be their HR generalist. And then I did everything. And that's really where my my teaching skills kind of came back uh, in theater was, you know, running workshops and making courses for the folks at the nonprofit. And now that I'm working at the Shedd Aquarium, I really get to specialize in the piece of hiring. It's kind of from the first interaction that folks have with our organization all the way to their first day. It's, so it's called full life cycle recruiting. Mm. So it's really is identifying candidates, creating job descriptions, keeping up with requisitions and things like that. Part of my job is also centered around diversity, equity, access, and inclusion, which is really important to me. So since I'm new to the role, I'm still kind of like getting my feet wet, so to speak. <laughs> but our plan is to kind of move me into more of an active role with DEAI and make sure that the makeup of our organization reflects the diversity of Chicago and the diversity of just the human world as much as the animal world. It's amazing how, you know, you are super enthusiastic about um, nonprofit organizations and, and how you talk about working with people as a key part into what you love doing. Um, so we've, we've talked a lot about what interests you. What do you think is challenging? What's challenging is something that I think a lot of people struggle with is, is just work-life balance for me. That's something that uh, doesn't come easily to me. <laughs> I tend to be a bit of an overworker. So I tend to work maybe a little harder than I should, <laughs> um, which is great for organizations, but it just, it does lead to burnout. Um, so what I have to do is be really careful and mindful about burnout and making sure that my time is spent on things that matter and that, that advance the organization uh, in the ways that they want it to be advanced. So that's one one thing that's challenging. I think another thing that can be challenging is sometimes meeting people where they're at. Mm. And that that's always interesting because sometimes there might be a really great candidate, but there isn't a job open at that time that would really fit their skills and qualifications. But at that point, you can say, we'd love to keep your resume on file. If we have something, we'll definitely be in touch. Keep an eye on our website for jobs that interest you. And those kinds of things where, you know, maybe you have more difficult conversations with folks like you didn't get the job or you're not quite ready for the next step. Those can also be challenging, but I find that, you know, my communication skills really kind of help me through. And 
I think it's also important to lean on my compassion, which is something that I, of course, honed at Knox, you know, because I feel like at Knox, you don't just learn how to think, you can learn how to be a better person as well. Hearing you describe what you do um, as an HR person specializing in recruitment and culture at the Shade Aquarium, uh, it dawned on me that HR is a very versatile line of work where you have figured out that you really enjoy your work for an NPO, a nonprofit organization. Is there a specific reason for that? Have you been able to observe any differences or similarities between for-profit industries and nonprofit organizations? So I actually have never worked for a for-profit organization professionally. In my career, I've never, I've only ever worked for uh, educational institutions, cultural institutions, or nonprofit organizations. From what I've discovered with my conversations from folks who kind of like go back and forth between nonprofit and for-profit is that, you know, I mean, there are certainly differences when it comes to you know, the pay scale <laughs> um, certain roles, um, which can be kind of an adjustment. Mm-hmm. But also there's a different mindset. In the for-profit world, you have to make a lot of your own meaning out of the work that you're doing. And then at the nonprofit kind of side of things, you have kind of ready-baked mission, a very clear, hopefully, way of doing things and of viewing the world and viewing your role in the world. That's kind of what gets me through the harder moments, knowing that my job is directly impacting people who are really making a difference. And at the shed, that's conservation, education, you know, science and research, and being able to to bring joy into the lives of people is really important as well. So I think those are kind of the biggest differences that I've found between nonprofit and for-profit. Was there something about Shed Aquarium that that you were particularly interested in, something that really caught your attention? Sure. So I really love working for cultural institutions, you know, places like the Lyric Opera, um, the Chicago Botanic Garden, the Art Institute, places like that, where it's it's kind of a, a place where the community can come and gather and really see and experience different aspects of life. So at the Art Institute, it would be, you know, fine art and the genius of artists. Um, At the Shed, you know, it's really about the magic and the excitement of the aquatic animal world. So I've always loved the Shed. Um, When I came to Chicago a long time ago, (laughs) I I really fell in love with the Shed um, just as an institution. It was so interesting and the animals were fascinating and the building is beautiful and it's in a beautiful location. So that kind of all got me interested initially in the job. Um, But once I started talking to the folks who are at the shed, the interview process and things like that, I, I kind of realized that, oh, the culture is actually even better than I could have hoped for. Because <laughs> um, work culture is very important to me. I absorb a lot of things from my work culture. So it really, for me, needs to be a positive and welcoming one for everyone. Um, And that's what I found at the shed. 
it's great to hear that Shed offers you such a great culture that you feel like you can contribute a lot for and and have meaning in your work. But my question for you is, how how can you know what kind of culture that you would thrive in? How do you gauge that information before you start um, committing to a certain organization? Is it through networking? How I've kind of figured it out is a lot of self reflection. I've done a lot of work on myself personally and professionally, and I've really gotten to know myself over the past few years. A lot of it is is going to be trial and error. You know, you're not going to know everything. You know, when I was 22 and just coming out of Knox, I had a totally different worldview of what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be, who I wanted to be, who I wanted to be with. Now at 36, I'm in a different place. So I think the best advice I can give to folks who are kind of just starting out in their career journey is to really kind of be thoughtful about who you are as a person and where you thrive best. Are you someone who really does well on tests that are timed? So you like that pressure, you like that challenge, completing something by a deadline. So maybe you would be really good in a profession that has limited time in it, like say, a paramedic or an emergency room doctor. If you're more like me and you don't really thrive in emergency situations, um, think about where you were happiest and where you were most successful. For me, when I feel like I belong in an organization, when I feel like I am part of an organization that matters and that's doing something really exciting and good for the world, um, that's when I'm happiest. And so your job kind of has these tactical, everyday task-oriented kind of things that you need to like, okay, I got to check off this box today, got to do this thing, got to file this thing. But there's also the kind of the broader thought behind it, which is why are we here? What, why are we doing what we're doing? And that can be something as easy as, you know, what the shed has to offer, which is connecting people to the aquatic animal world. Say if you're working for a corporation uh, like Uber, thinking about it as if connecting folks to transportation and getting people around, you know, in their regular day lives. I think it's it definitely pays off to kind of sit back and be reflective about who you are and where you thrive best. I, I like to kind of think of people as plants. <laughs> I love plants. I'm a gardener. Different plants flourish in different places. So if you're in a rainforest, a cactus isn't going to really do very well in the rainforest. It doesn't mean that the cactus is bad. <laughs> it just means a drier environment. I think really kind of understanding what kind of plant you are and where you would really best thrive when planted. And you can do that through networking. You can do that through mentoring relationships. You can do that through uh, therapy. I, I highly recommend therapy <laughs> to everybody. Um, but it's also a good way to kind of get to know yourself and kind of figure out who you are and who you want to be. So it sounds to me that you know, with all of these experiences that you have as an undergrad, it's it's less about what you do, but more about why you do it and figuring out your motive for doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can kind of get wrapped up in the day-to-day little bits of things, you know, like, okay, I'm typing an email. 
I'm making copies, I'm filling up the water cooler or whatever. And I think that's all, those are all important things and those are important tasks, but I think the, the times that will carry you through the difficult challenges are when you have a really clear sense of why you're doing what you're doing. Kind of see in the distance, like, okay, this may be challenging right now, but I can see further ahead. I have that kind of perspective. You, you learn with age and time and experience, um, but you can also learn while you're at college too. History classes are a great example of, you know, gaining some perspective. So yeah, there's just a lot of different ways that you can kind of start to understand where you fit into the greater scheme of things. Right. I think that's really good advice for current Knox students because at between the ages of 18 and 22, it's so hard to know or picture what you think your life might look like. And for a lot of people, their career paths take these very tight turns and, you know, they go around and around in circles before they arrive at where they think they want to arrive at. Um, so I think this is some really good advice and being self-reflective. Going off of that, I just wanted to ask, as a manager of recruitment, what um, what do you look for in candidates who apply for jobs? And could you talk about the recruitment process from a recruiter's point of view? I know this is a very general question because we're not talking about a particular job, but just some some tips for students who will be applying to jobs in the future and navigating career paths of their own. Yeah. When looking at candidates, I really find that the the writing skills really matter, especially when it comes to cover letters. Um, can you convince me that you have what it takes to really do the job and that you understand not the, the job duties, but the organization itself and that you have a connection to what the organization does? We're looking for folks who have uh, maybe overcome certain obstacles, like I wouldn't say that college is an obstacle. Sometimes it feels like an obstacle, um, but it's certainly something that's a that's a big project. It takes many years to to kind of work through. And once you receive your degree, that's a really big accomplishment. So we're looking for folks who have something like that. You know, I think someone who can really articulate why why they want to work at an organization. I think is a really valuable kind of employee. And we don't really talk about, I know a lot of folks say cultural fit, cultural fit, you know, do they fit into the culture? Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. It's more about what they add to the culture. Um, because if, you, if you're looking for folks who fit into a certain culture, then you're only going to get one certain kind of person. And really, strength comes from diversity. And we want to make sure that everybody has as equal an opportunity as possible to, to work at the organization. Um, and sometimes that means being aware of strengths, right? You know, thinking, okay, this person applied for this role, but there's this other role that's coming up that this they might be better fit for. I think uh, one of the best piece of, pieces of advice I can give is to be really detail-oriented. Um, you know, especially if you say that you're detail oriented in your resume or your cover letter, proofread, 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 uh, and proofread again. You know, and, and your resume is kind of an evolving document, and a bad one can hold you back. 
and a good one can really launch you ahead and kind of give you that edge. Folks who can translate complex ideas into simple, effective points are hugely valuable. People who can take information, apply it to their own life, and then use that to kind of transcend to the next step, I think are really valuable people um, and can really contribute a lot to an organization. It ties everything together, right? Like you have to be clear about why or your interest in, in this organization before you apply for it and be able to articulate that through resumes and cover letters, um, especially in interviews. So the peer career uh, leader's job, part of it was us assisting students in customizing their resume and cover letters every time they apply for a new different job. So one last question, looking back, Throughout your whole experience since Knox until now, I know it's, it's been quite a while. <laughs> what would you say you wish you had encountered or worked on? Or another way to phrase that question is, what advice would you give us that you couldn't have or do back in the day? Yeah. So, you know, kind of looking back on where I've been and what I've done, I mean, there are certainly things I wish I had done at Knox. Like, I really wish that I had double majored <laughs> um, because that's just, it would have opened a lot more doors for me. Doing something because you love it doesn't always mean that you're going to be able to do it as a career. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person if you don't end up pursuing it as a career. You know, I have a lot of friends who are still working in theater, um, but I have a lot more friends who are, you know, doing various other things. I think being flexible is really important, being adaptable um, and kind of flexing to fit the environment and the time of what's going on. Um, you know, when I graduated in 2007, the bottom fell out of the market a couple months later. And unemployment was up. It was a bad time to graduate. But kind of taking taking the longer view, I think, is important. Being able to really be thoughtful about where you want to go and have that goal in mind is really helpful. Um, I think it's also important to realize that you have a life to live. What's important to you? Is having a family important? Is being in a big city important? Is raising chickens on a farm really important. Great. Live your best life. Do do that. But what's going to help support you in that? You know, for me, I didn't want to work at night, which a lot of theaters at night. So I said to myself, all right, I think I have to change trajectories. So I would just say, you know, be flexible, be adaptable, and uh, give yourself a bit of a break. <laughs> Striving for that work-life balance. Exactly.